Welcome to Truth is Stranger Than Fiction. Here's the guy who asks all the right questions. Your host, Ralph DeLugas. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another week on the Loving Liberty Network. I am your humble truth-seeking host, and this is Truth is Stranger Than Fiction. We have a special edition this week, uh, the uh, beginning of the tribulations, if you will. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I got to be real honest. I've, I think we're all here for a special purpose, and this all feels really familiar. And I don't know about you, but I can't even make myself feel afraid. I'm just excited. I'm excited of the opportunities before us to do good. And I want to talk a little bit about some current events this week. And I don't know about you guys, but my church is canceled. So uh, I'm going to talk maybe a little more than I normally would about my pal Isaiah and Ezekiel and Joel, too. Some of the signs of the times and uh, what I consider sure proof that uh, that we've got an exciting, uh, exciting few years ahead of us. So anyway, I want to start... Oh, let's see. I got a lot to talk about. I, I like to talk a little bit every week just about science. I, Alex Newman, who's a bit of a celebrity among the halls of uh, liberty, uh, was in town, and I've heard him give a few interviews and heard him talk um, a little bit. I wish I could have made his whole address, but he talks a lot about just how uh, not that the teachers are bad or the schools you know, themselves, the people in them are bad, but that there seems to be a deliberate – uh, curriculum that's been going on for many decades to, you know, you, you guys know the story to teach Marxism light, this, to teach immorality, to teach all these things to our kids that we don't want taught. Um, many good teachers stand up and there are many, I know I've had in my life, I would be lost without some of my, I had a first grade teacher, Mrs. Orcutt, if she's still around, um, she turned my life around. She was a great, we have great teachers out there, but the, uh, let's be real. We, we live in the, uh, we live in the kingdom of Baal, and uh, that's just a fact. So uh, they're not going to put out schools that are going to teach our kids virtue and light, or at least the curriculum, right? So Alex Newman gives a great talk, but I don't hear – I've heard him talk about how Darwinian evolution is basically you know, godlessness and atheism and a, a made-up lie, and I wholly agree with that. But there's just so much more science um, that if you just put on your – you know, take off your – your sheep costume and just look at things um, with just a little bit of skepticism with the mind that you have. I think we're, we're taught to rely too much on other places to teach us what's true and what's not true to teach us science. You're every bit as smart as anybody at Harvard. I guarantee that probably most of you quite a bit smarter and with one heck of a lot more common sense. Um, I want to start with this article. I think this is just such a good example. Uh, this is uh, in Nature magazine. Discovery points to origin of mysterious ultraviolet radiation. This is some new – I won't talk about what they found. They found some new anomalous uh, galaxy with weird clouds that they can't explain. That's not really what jumped out at me in this article. I had to read down a little bit, and this is uh, – oh, this is actually from the University of Utah. Um was, is is the author of this. Uh, I, I won't get into that, but what I do want to focus on is this. The study focuses on Lyman Alpha Blob 6 Lab-6, blah, 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 located more than 18 billion light years away. 
in the direction of the constellation, constellation Grus. Now, it's settled science, quote unquote, that the Big Bang occurred, that everything came from a, a, a grapefruit, roughly sized blob of infinite de density. It all exploded 14 billion year, years ago and made the universe that we observe. And if I tried to explain the science that, that, that's behind that, that, what they would call the science behind that, you'd just be scratching your head going, you got to be kidding me. This is all based on science, pretending that we understand the origin of light, which we don't. We don't understand the nature of light. Um, they argue that light, the quantum, I like to call them the quantum mystics, but quantum physicists, they say light is basically particles. Some people kind of stammer around that. depends on which, which PhD physicist you ask. But they base this on a Doppler effect sort of a thing, the way sound, sound waves uh, vary when something's moving towards you or away from you. This is where they get the redshift, blue shift thing from. And they judge distance. They judge everything on this assumption that's never been proven. Um, and here's another perfect example of it. We have this galaxy 18 billion, more than 18 billion light years away. Think about that. If we all started out in the same spot, um, even if we were traveling at the speed of light on the earth here and this blob was traveling at the speed of light in the opposite direction or near it, that's what it would require. How the heck did we get 18 billion light years away from anything? A better question, the Methuselah star, which is actually pretty close, some 200 light years away in our same galaxy, they say is 16 billion years old. And But they never really say, well, how could these things be older than the Big Bang? They just keep putting this stuff out there and you're just supposed to keep believing it, even though it's obviously got so many problems. They, don't, they do not understand the nature of light. I would say that on many levels, I would say light, capital L-I-G-H-T. The kingdom of corruption doesn't understand the nature of any light, in my opinion. But they definitely don't understand the nature of the light that's lighting up the, uh, this, the room you're sitting in. Anyway, a little bit more time on that than I wanted to spend, but I get a little bit upset at this sort of stuff because our stolen tax dollars are what pay for this garbage. And that's probably what makes me the maddest. If you want to publish crap science and base it on nothing but computer models and the opinions of your fellow peers, that's fine. But we got to pay for all this nonsense. That's what kind of makes me mad. Um, another great article here in Nature Magazine, the Amazon rainforest could be gone within a lifetime. Ignoring the fact, of course, that it's getting greener and greener and greener every year with the uh, added carbon. The carbon is still maybe one-tenth of what it could be and should be and what it was at other times on Earth. But we're going to still pretend like that's some sort of a problem. As the Earth gets greener and they pretend that there's a problem. Trust me, we do have some climate problems coming up. But it has nothing to do with carbon. Um, I want to talk. You know what else we got here? Uh, I can ignore that one. Can ignore that one. I want to talk a little bit about this this virus and maybe from a slightly different angle. I think it's been way blown out of proportion. Um, th there's some good things. For one, COVID-19, along with every other virus, flu, vi flu viruses, whatever, has no answer for summer. The sun will wipe them out. The sun always wipes out evil. And um, I think that's a great little metaphor, too. So this will be uh, this will be over and forgotten in a couple months. 
And no matter how much fear mongering they do, that's just a fact. The viruses will not survive through the summer. Um, as we've talked about before, I believe that we certainly have other things to worry about. I think this has been a great little, maybe a little test run, a dry run. It's definitely got some people thinking again, this stock market collapse, which in my opinion has nothing to do with this COVID-19. It's an overinflated bunch of smoke and mirrors and they're just pretty opportunist. Um, but it just seems so interesting how disproportionate the um, the response is to the what do we have 30 something deaths now I, I don't watch it a ton I got to be honest but I think we have like what 31 or 35 deaths is that right Brian here in America anyway um, more people will probably die today falling off a ladder so I'm a little bit puzzled how the sky is falling I don't know I remember vaguely back in 2000 way back in ancient history I mean those of you that are a little bit younger you won't remember this way back in 2009 when we had h1n1 swine flu we had what 61 million cases worldwide tens of thousands of deaths no basketball games were canceled the sky didn't fall so i would love if the cdc or the who want to have any credibility with any thinking person i think they should explain why this is so much worse and requires so much greater a response than the swine flu or any of the other ones that we've had. I would love to have that answer. Of course, we'll never get that answer, but yeah, anyway, the COVID-19 is, I, I think it's been a great little uh, wake-up call for many people. It's interesting to watch. It's interesting. I know, when, I don't know about you guys, when I drive to work, I live about maybe 20 miles from uh, my home, and it takes me like 40 minutes to drive to work. In the last two days, there's been nobody on the road. Yesterday, I was driving to work, and I was like, did I screw up? Is it, is it like Saturday today? What is going on? It's been crazy. But um, definitely exciting times. We're coming up against the break. After the break, I want to talk about some uh, a little bit more science and my pal Isaiah and what he says about our day and what we can expect coming up. Um, and I also want to talk about what we can do to prepare because we're absolutely not defenseless in any way, shape, or form. I think we're taught that we're defenseless, but like the little ants in that movie, what is it, Bugs Life or something like that, when we realize how powerful we are, we will, we will be unstoppable. We won't worry about any, any kingdom of Baal messing with our lives or our families ever again. Um, and we will talk about all that after the break. Everybody, we are back. Um, I just wanted to point out a couple things. I, I haven't studied this. I am not a doctor. Um, I'm more my thing. My passion is physics and the nature of matter and energy and the nature of man and the universe and these sorts of things. So medicine, eh, it's not really my thing. But I do feel like I have, you know, being a, being a business owner for 30 years and an engineer and being under the the boot of uh, the uh, kingdom of Baal every step of the way. I, 
after a while, you kind of you kind of notice some some things, and a couple things that really jumped out at me. For one, um, I have some notes here for some reason. I'm not seeing them, but I have a friend over. Uh, oh, what's his channel? Suspects guy. Uh, his name's Adrian D'Amico. He, he has a father that works um, on the East Coast, I believe, in Pittsburgh, and he was talking about this. The how odd, and I, I kind of noticed it too, and I thought it's kind of weird that the dispersion um, of this virus and and where it is dispersed dispersing um and his his dad was commenting and his father is a is a doctor um a medical doctor that study works for the uh veterans affairs the bureau of veterans affairs or whatever that is and he specializes in uh, this very thing in in uh, bioterrorism and and reacting to it diagnosing it so forth um and he said this is really – and you know, he said this to his son, and I won't even say the guy's name because I don't have permission to repeat this. But he says where you see all these rural cases and really know it throughout the West, we don't have really big cities having any big cases. Um, he says this is, this is, a, this is a terrorism. This is to get the rest of us here in rural America in flyover country freaked out that, that we really have something to worry about. They know, according to this, this guy – if they release this thing in, in Times Square, they're going to have a crap storm. They're going to have more stuff to deal with than they can handle. But if you release it, you know, in 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 Manti, Utah, or or Evanston, Wyoming, and you know some suburb there, then you don't have near the fallout, but you can really freak out people. Um, that was one thing. The other thing, I still can't get over this. If you go back to the Spanish flu, and we all, we all, I'm sure, have heard what a great pandemic that was and hundreds of millions of deaths and how horrible it was. Why do they call it the Spanish flu? Its origin is not in Spain. You guys know where the origin of the Spanish flu came from? It came from Kansas. Um, and at that time, I know I've talked before about this, but I, I think this all ties together. Our government took over all electrical propagation around the time of Tesla in the 1910s. Um, around, I want to say it was 1914, FDR, then Secretary of the Navy, um, got a law passed where it was a crime to experiment in any sort of electrical propagation. That's emitting radio waves and so forth. Any study in it, any of that has to be under the care of the government. And you guessed it, for national security purposes. Well, they were testing this in Kansas. And they had hugely overpowered uh, magnetometers and coils emitting massive amounts of radio waves. Um, there's a lot of really credible people, including I, I heard Dr. Jack Stockwell talk about this a few weeks ago, um, that believe the, sw the Spanish flu was triggered by this um, massive amount of you can call it radiation. That's probably a term more people would, would realize, but it's not radiation in like nuclear radiation. Electricity emits um, a, a magnetic field. That's a, that's a natural law. That will always be the case. Elect flowing electricity always emits a magnetic field. Now, this frequency can be beneficial to humans, which, by the way, they could easily do. They could, they could piggyback all these energy waves that they're making us sick, they could make that a beneficial frequency and still pack the information in it. But they don't. They deliberately choose frequencies that are unfriendly to our minds and unfriendly to our bodies. Maybe that's an accident. I don't know. But um, I, I would really um, take this opportunity to take an evaluation of your lives, your hearts, and um, 
because our best and biggest defense against the coming plagues and even this way over-exaggerated nothing burger called COVID-19 is your own heart and your own your own body. There is nothing that compares to the human immune system when it comes to defeating pathogens, especially these sorts of pathogens. If you're sitting in your home afraid, waiting for word from the CDC, well, I, I feel my heart bleeds for you because <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't want to talk about the CDC. I won't get started about the CDC. I want to talk a little bit about my dear friend Isaiah, and I've <clears throat> I've read a few of these before. And I'm going to uh, I'm going to focus more on the uh, fluffy stuff because I think we've heard enough doom and gloom over the last couple of weeks. But I do want to just touch lightly on a few things that to me are just such amazing proof that Isaiah has seen our day and 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 saw the days just ahead of us. Uh, so I'm going to start with a few of these uh, little excerpts. Isaiah 13:13. 13, 13. I will cause a disturbance in the heavens. When the earth is jolted out of its place. Um, some of these are such perfect descriptions of the crustal shifts that we will soon face. I'll, I'll give you a couple of them and then I'll, I'll explain a bit more. Um, Isaiah 17, 14. At evening time shall be the catastrophe. Before morning they shall be no more. Um, it says elsewhere that the signs will be over our heads in the hearts of men around us and in the earth under our feet. That's lobbying a few places together, but that's all prophesied for long, long ago. We can see all these. We can see the current sheet that's going to that's gonna rock our world quite literally, that's going to cause crustal shifts, Continentals, continents moving. Um, this is just a fact. This is a slow moving it's like it's like it's slowly going over the cliff, but it's not as uh, it's not as bad as you might think. Um, I don't I don't think it's going to be nearly as as uh, worldwide you know, as as big of a worldwide destruction as people like, oh, for instance, Ben Davidson or or uh, Diamond over Open Oppenheimer Ranch, uh, Suspicious Observers. These are pretty big little communities, half a million members over there at Suspicious Observers, and. He, I don't know that he's a Christian or not, but um, definitely believes that only a couple people are going to survive this. Um, Isaiah says it's going to be a tithe, so that's 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 not, I guess, a lot more optimistic. But hey, ten percent is a lot better than five people surviving, right? Um, Isaiah forty-two seventeen. Those who trust in idols and esteem their images as gods shall retreat in utter confusion. Boy, does that sound like our day or what? Um, what do you guys think an idol is? And what does what does Isaiah mean about um, having their idols be their gods? <clears throat> I've long believed that where you spend your free time, where you spend your money and adoration is where your heart is. And where your heart is, is kind of where your worship is. Um, it's where your idol is. So if you're, if you're sick to death that, you don't. You're not going to be able to afford a new pair of Nikes and some, and a new Chanel purse because the market's tanking. Maybe you're worried about the wrong stuff. I mean, I'm not singling materialism out because, hey, my 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 wife's a, my wife's yeah. I won't, I won't talk about that. My wife might actually listen, but um, my wife's from New York and she's a she's a fashion kind of a gal. She worked. She was a model when she was younger. So. Sorry, honey, about the Chanel purse comment. I love Chanel. Okay, yeah, anyway. Um, 
where you spend your free time is where your idols are. We got to make sure that our, our hearts and our minds are in the right places. Um, another one from Isaiah, when the windows on high are opened, the earth shall fake, shall shake to its very foundations. The earth, uh, Isaiah 24, 19, the earth shall break up and cave in. The earth shall convulse and lurch. One more, the earth, this is Isaiah 24, 20, the earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, sway back and forth like a shanty. Um, that might seem a little disheartened, but honestly, it's a perfect description of what most scientists now agree is coming, at least the honest ones. Many PhDs, even NASA is and the ESA are reporting on this crustal shift. They call it geomagnetic jerks, so forth. Um, this is something we need to prepare for. We'll talk a little bit more about that. We're running out of time in this segment. We'll explain more after the break. everybody welcome back we're talking a little bit more uh shifting gears from catastrophe i just like to i i love isaiah ezekiel joel i i heard uh alex newman i think i already mentioned his name but he was gosh was he on k talk somewhere i heard someone ask him what drives him what motivates him because the guy's a dynamo he's a, he's a pretty young man i think he's probably in his early 30s maybe um but he said what ultimately drives him and what keeps him going is his excitement. He believes John in the book of Revelation. Um, and I believe that too. So um, if you're a little put off that I point to the point to the Bible too much, well, just cut me a break. I, I promise you this is good stuff and it's worth worth your time and attention. Best place you could look. <clears throat> okay, Isaiah 312. This is looking more towards uh, our government. Your leaders mislead you abolishing your traditional ways. And I have got to, this reminds me of my very favorite uh, Isaiah scripture as far as um, government is concerned. You tell me this doesn't perfectly describe our, uh, our governments on a state and federal level and world level. Uh, Isaiah 56.10, his watchmen are blind. Watchmen in this day and age, at this time, the political kingdom... And the uh, religious, you know, the church was one and the same. Uh, this, that's why I kind of call our guys here the Sanhedrin, because they remind me a lot of, you know, the Sanhedrin. Um, and that's who Isaiah is referring to here, uh, prophet type people and also political leaders. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. He doesn't hold anything back. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are all greedy dogs, which can never have enough. They are shepherds that cannot understand. They look to their own way, everyone for his own gain, from his own quarter. Um, I'll tell you what pops into my mind. I was driving into work today. I heard, that, heard Nancy Pelosi talking about how we should all pray. And I thought, man, okay, cool. Thanks, Nancy. I'll do that. Um, Verse 12, come ye, say they, I will fetch wine. We will fill ourselves with strong drink. Tomorrow shall be as this day and even more abundant. I hear that, I think, of Wall Street. But I think it's pretty hard to uh, to make a case that this 
if Isaiah wasn't looking at our day, he was looking at a mirror image of it. Here's another one, Isaiah 59, 4. They rely on empty words. And I'm, I'm just taking little pieces out of it. This is also talking about the watchman on the tower. They rely on empty words, deceitfully spoken. They conceive misdeeds and they beget wickedness. Um, the same group in Isaiah will go into the rocks, hide into the dust from the awesome presence of Jehovah, from the brightness of his glory. He talks about this in many places. That they will flee into the rocks. This is one of the things that absolutely tells me he saw our day, this day today. Um, the digging machines that they've been working on for decades, um, not machines, these machines were designed in the 70s. They've just been getting bigger and better. They can go two miles an hour in a 60-foot diameter uh, through solid bedrock. And they've been creating tunnels in underground cities. Every other country on Earth has massive underground cities from uh, ancient civilizations. You don't hear about it here in America. Why is that? America has some of the oldest civilizations on Earth uh, and proof of them. But all these underground cities are never – they're not taught in our books. We hear about them in Turkey and everywhere else. Well, trust me, we have them here too, but uh, they're just occupied. And let's just say there's not a room there for you and me. But to me, that's great because that's the last place I'd want to be. Um, that's it for the political kingdom. I don't want to talk anymore about that. I want to talk about some of the good stuff. This was Isaiah talking to us, um, the people that uh, the people that will listen. I would say, um, Isaiah forty-eight. I am testing you in the crucible of affliction. Isaiah forty-three. Though you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, as if uh, its flame shall not consume you. Isaiah forty-nine. On my mountain ranges, I will appoint as roads. My highways shall be on high. Those who seek refuge in me shall possess the earth and receive an inheritance in my holy mountain. Um, I love this reference to holy mountains. A lot of people around here think, think that the holy mountain is here in this valley. And that, that might be a type of it, but that's not, that's not the holy mountain that the nations will flow to, not by Isaiah standards. Uh, not even by Book of Mormon standards, those that are fans of that book like me. Um, that holy mountain refers to no other place than Zion, the city of our God, and the holy temple that will be built there. When all nations, are all nations flowing to Salt Lake City? Some people say, well, at conference time. Well, not this year at conference time. but And that might be a little, but are all nations really flowing into a 20,000-seat stadium? No, no. Not like... Isaiah 57 says will happen. And I'll tell you what, this one also gives me so much hope. Isaiah 3.10 might be my favorite one. Tell the righteous it shall, shall be well with them. They shall eat the fruits of their own labors. How good does that sound, huh? To, to eat the fruit of your own labors and not, have you, not be robbed blind by the kingdom of corruption, does that sound pretty good? Sounds really good to me. Um, I'll do one more and then we'll... Uh, uh, Isaiah 26, 7, the path of the righteous is straight. You pave an undeviating course to the upright. Those who walk uprightly shall obtain peace and rest in their beds. And I'll tell you what, peace is a beautiful thing. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it almost feels like a dark sheath of fear just is descending on people. I kind of, I don't go around the valley a lot and I'm, I'm usually holed up here in my uh, machine shop, but 
the places that I'm going, it's like everybody's wearing gloves and masks and everybody's freaked out and you can just feel the fear. Um, it's kind of sad. Um, I'm really grateful to not live in fear. Um, and that really only comes from one place. Uh, let me just read two more. Isaiah 30, Jehovah is the God of justice. Blessed are them who wait for him. Um, in that day, the sprig of Jesse, who stands an ensign for the peoples, shall be brought by the nations. Um, and the last one, I'll skip those. Yeah. They shall ascend as eagles on eagles' wings. They shall, they shall walk and not be weary. Isaiah 40, 31. Um, this is a really amazing scripture. Those of you who know who President Nelson is, I know we probably have... A, a few members of the Church of Jesus Christ out there. If you're not, um, it's hard to dispute that this is just a great, a great pro prophetic disciple of Jesus Christ. And he gave a talk last year that just absolutely blew me away when he looked right into the camera and he said, speaking to the young people, but um, to us all saying, would you like to be among the swift messengers spoken in Isaiah? referring directly to this scripture. In no other place in all of Holy Writ, Old Testament, New Testament, nowhere, uh, are these swift messengers referred to. These swift messengers are the 144,000. How, how exciting is that? Um, these messengers that could travel, uh, well, I, that's a whole nother, I don't think we got time to start that, but I'll tell you what, I have a hard time being fearful and being afraid and wringing my hands and hoping things can go back to normal. I've had about enough of things normal. <laughs> Our normal is, uh, is a little bit lacking, and I, I suspect some of you might feel the same. Um, so anyway, uh, you know what, there was one more I kind of wanted to hit on. Bring my sons tying into this 144,000, and this is from the same section. I will lift up my hands to the nations, raise my ensign to the peoples. Here again, this is the whole world being gathered in. Um, bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the ends of the earth. We have some pretty amazing, uh, uh, who among you fears Jehovah and heeds the voice of his servant. Uh, this servant is someone that we're going to see in our lifetime. It's kind of interesting. I heard um, Brigham Young, I've heard other people say this, Avraham Gileadi, if you want to unlock um, Isaiah, Dr. Gileadi, he's a, he's a Jew, and he's a, he's a convert to the church I belong to, the Church of Jesus Christ, but he's a, he was actually a Catholic, then turned uh, Jew. He went to all sorts of school in uh, Israel, and as their foremost expert in Isaiah and in ancient Hebrew, Someone told him, hey, you should read this Book of Mormon. It's the most, uh, it's the most Jewish book you've ever uh, read. And, of course, he was going to absolutely prove that wrong, so he got his hands on one and he read it. And now he lives here in Manti, Utah. And, he, of course, got kicked out of Israel. You don't, you don't convert to Christianity and, and hold your place there. But this guy has several PhDs and absolutely brilliant. He has studied – he's written like 30 books on Isaiah. And, um, yeah, if you – I couldn't recommend him enough. Every time I listen to him, it's he kind of reminds me a little bit of Joel Skousen because he do, he says it like it is. He's not a real big fluff guy, but he's a definite speaker of truth. And yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't recommend him enough. So anyway, looking forward to these days that Isaiah is talking about. We're going to get back to a little bit of science and 
how to protect from virus in our last segment. And we'll see you after the break. everybody welcome back um i will uh, pull off of isaiah those of you that uh have had enough maybe of isaiah i would i can't i love i love reading these words i didn't even talk about ezekiel and joel today maybe we'll hit them next week i do want to just briefly hit on um i heard alex newman talk a little bit about moses and i don't think we talk enough about some of the great lessons that we have here in the old testament a lot of people like to focus on the New Testament and the teachings of the Savior. And like, it doesn't get better than that, right? I totally get it. And the book of Revelation, I, I love it all. But there is so much we can learn from Moses. And I think especially in our day, not just, you know, all the obviously the, those 10, those 10 rules that are sitting in that golden box under, uh, under Golgotha, but uh, also the other lessons that we, we can glean, like, I, I think it's really interesting, like when they uh, the simple lessons that we can get, like when uh, when Moses wanted to bring them all up on the mountain, right, which is basically to see the Lord. He wanted to bring everybody. Moses said over and over, I wish everybody could be a prophet. We I think sometimes we, we look to other people too much, both our religious leaders, not that we shouldn't look to them. Um, I I love the leaders of my church and I sustain and support them 110%. But I don't think the point is to just sit around and wait to be told what to do. Um, and these Israelites, they were like, you know, and, and it was probably scary for them. They're looking up at that mountain and they're seeing tempests and lightning and maybe even a volcano. There's a lot of conjecture, a lot of speculation about what exactly uh this mountain had going on, but it definitely at least, at least had a lot of rumblings and they were scared. And so they were like, you know what, Moses, why don't you go talk to God and then tell us what he says? Um, are we doing that? I think, I don't know. I know sometimes I'm guilty of it. Um, so I think we need to be, uh, no, God's not going to come to you or come, come give you information through someone else specifically how to best protect your family, what kind of food to get. We all have limited resources. I know everybody's probably thinking a little bit more about food storage and such, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that. Don't get me wrong. I'm a, I've been doing something. <laughs> this isn't coronavirus-driven, <clears throat> but I, uh, I bought a, an army surplus tent. This is a little off-topic, but it's a good story. Um, I bought this army surplus tent. It's called a command center. It's 12 foot by 12 foot by 12 foot. And this thing will stand in a freaking hurricane. It's like 400 pounds. Took me like six hours to set it up. It's massive. It takes up most of my backyard. And I decided that I wanted to set this up because I wanted to make sure I had, you know, this is surplus. So I figured I'm probably missing some parts and I don't want to find out that I need some parts when I really need this thing. So I set it up in the yard and my plan was to spend one night there, right? One night. So I get this thing set up, get the stove in there, get these little bunk cots set up in there. And I have two 11-year-old boys, and we sleep in there one night. Well, here we are three weeks later. And I bet you I've slept in that darn thing like 
25 nights, like almost every night. My kids love it. And it's been such a great experience. We cooked on our little, it's kind of a pain. You know, we cooked on our little stove. This is a little coal stove that comes with these. Some of you might know what I'm talking about. You can buy these little baby pot belly stoves that you can put in a tent and you got to get a tent. Let me be very clear. Make sure you get a tent that is capable of such things. that has to have the vent through, for the flutes through the roof. Um, but yeah, we, we've cooked a few simple meals on there and we sleep in there every night. It, to me, it's been a, a great way to get, you know, if, if we ever have to bug out, you know, which, you know, let's be honest here. That's looking more and more like someday that might happen, right? Someday real soon, possibly even, It'll be nice that it's not the first time we've actually lived in a tent. Now, granted, it's pretty easy when you have a, you know, your, your, your home behind you with a warm shower out right outside the door and all that. It's not, we're not really roughing it, but it's been a nice little taste, a good little, a good little trial run for us and our family. Little things like that, you know, we can all do. But, um, but by far the most important thing we can do is start each day on our knees, pray for peace for you and for your family, and. Uh, and direction, because ultimately we all need to go to God and get direction. He He can lead us all home uh, if we ask Him. He's uh, just just as liberty and natural laws are an eternal principle here for us for freedom as a people here on this earth. It's an eternal principle. He's not going to come kick your door in and tell you what to do. He's going to wait for you to uh, to ask. So um, great lesson from Moses. There are so many great lessons from Moses. I love the story of when they went into the Canaanites and they were giants. We've talked about giants before. Um, I think that's really interesting, too, that they went in there and he said there were giants. This is a well, it wasn't Joshua and I want to say Caleb were the two that were like, doesn't matter how big they are, man. We've got the Lord with us. Like, do you guys not? This is six months after they just saw the Red Sea parted. And they saw the greatest military power on on Earth swept away. Um, they're like, oh, these guys are really big, man. We're just like grasshoppers in front of them. There's no way we can take this land. Well, and their reward was to go wander in the wilderness for 40 years. So uh, Joshua and Caleb are like, doesn't matter. Just like us. You know, we look at the kingdom. We look at the cabal in front of us. And, you know, we're, there's such a small percentage of us that, that still love the Constitution that are, are not willing to let go of it no matter what the – no matter what, right? Um, my, it's pretty easy to, to lose heart sometimes and think, you know, we're never going to win. We're, we're never going to vote liberty back into effect. We're never going to reinstate the Constitution in the voting booth. I don't believe we ever will. Um, but does that mean I don't have any hope? Heck no. I know. That doesn't mean I'm going to run out and grab a rifle either. Um, but I'm not I'm not willing to to live a slave. Don't get me wrong, but I have great hope. Look at look at these stories. If these folks would have just relied on the Lord like our founding fathers did, um, they would have not wandered in the war in the wilderness for 40 years. I don't know about you, but I don't really want to wander in the in the in the wilderness for uh, 40 years. So I think I'll uh, I'll follow Joshua. Um, I lost my place here, guys. Uh, I want to talk really briefly about as soon as I can find my page here about some things I told you about our tent um, some of the ways that we can uh, prevent the virus uh, we've talked about vitamin D3 and how it's really just rat poison I would personally in my opinion stay away from that 
what you buy in the store is vitamin D3 is calciferol. And it says in the little fine print, calciferol as vitamin D C, kind of kind of like ascorbic acid is just ascorbic acid as vitamin D C. What that essentially is is a 55-gallon drum of a chemical which makes a very fine rat poison, by the way. Uh, the, the CDC and the FDA have uh, said is close enough to vitamin D3 that we'll call it vitamin D3. Well, take that if you want to. I, will, I would stick to the much lower doses that you find in true deep water ocean cod, cod liver oil. Um, also, gar, garlic, if you uh, find a good organic source, is excellent. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting, too. This selenium, I don't know if, if, if you guys have heard of this. <clears throat> China, most of the people there, and I don't know for what reason, if it's just a matter of their overproduced soil or, or if it's just genetic or what, but in Asian, selenium, which is a, a viral blocking agent, it's one, of the, it's one of the things that your immune system uses to take out viruses. For some reason, uh, Asians have a very small amount of this garlic is very high in selenium as are onions so for me the best way is to find some some uh, organic garlic and just eat it i know it doesn't sound pleasant but who cares right just eat your vegetables if not find you a good quality pill um but it, it's interesting to me we look at places like the fda the cdc and you look at who runs these organizations take take the uh, fcc you have verizon's former head of uh Head of counsel, their head attorney is now head of the FCC. And no surprise, he has ruled that 5G is not only perfectly safe, but it doesn't even fall under FCC jurisdiction. I don't know who whose jurisdiction it falls under. I guess just DARPA and uh, the CIA. You look at at places like the uh, the FDA. We've had uh, former uh, Monsanto's heads or high-ranking. Uh, Board members, they get always constantly get put in. We look at Wall Street. The heads of the uh, SEC are always big Wall Street bankers. This isn't by mistake. The, the, the kingdom of Baal is always putting its own people in. So if you want to look to the kingdom of Baal for uh, light and truth and comfort and peace, well, I'm, I, I fear for you, my friend. Far better to look to the sun. Uh, get your vitamin D by going out in front of the sun. To me, that's such an amazing little metaphor that God did not do by mistake, in my opinion. The best way to produce vitamin DC is go put yourself, don't go get a sunburn, okay, don't overdo it, but go go get yourself out in front of the sun, take some deep breaths, let your body make some vitamin D3, and feel how uh, feel its warmth on your face, and how amazing a system uh, God has made for you, and for me. Um, we're going to run out of time, but we'll talk about the rest of this next week. You guys be safe. Don't don't forget to say your prayers. For heaven's sakes, don't be afraid. Be at peace. All will be well. Love you guys, and we will see you next week. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.